Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80 percent less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up Quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's Quince.com slash upgrade. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you feel like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things you love are checked by experts. And not just any experts, specialised experts. Real people who love this stuff, with real, hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says Authenticity Guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realise that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Hi, this is Imran Ahmed, founder and CEO of the Business of Fashion. Welcome to the BOF Podcast. It's Friday, June 10th. TikTok is one of the fastest growing social media networks in history, with more than 1 billion monthly active users. However, in fashion, some brands have struggled with how to use TikTok, even as the platform has grown to rival Snapchat and Instagram for young consumers' attention. And judging by some of the comments and questions we have received on Instagram, Many of you are skeptical of TikTok too. Does it take real talent to be a TikTok creator? And how can brands effectively partner with creators to achieve their business goals? This week's episode features two conversations from the BOF Professional Summit and should help to answer these questions. First, to truly get to grips with TikTok and how it works, I spoke to two of the platform's top creators, Nick Kaufman and Wisdom K, to pull back the curtain on what truly drives success on the platform. With a collective 26 million TikTok followers between them, and tie-ups with brands such as Dior, Prada, Ralph Lauren, and Hugo Boss, Nick and Wisdom are real experts on what it takes to succeed on TikTok. So, you know, as I mentioned in my intro, there's a bit of skepticism about people like you. Um, I actually remember 
I can kind of relate because back in 2005, when we're at the kind of beginning of Web 2, I started writing a blog called The Business of Fashion. And people were skeptical of bloggers back then too. And now we talk about influencers or creators. But essentially, there's a long history now of you know, almost 20 years of people discovering and building audiences and communities on the internet using tools like a blog, in my case, or like TikTok, in your case, to really connect with people all over the world. And so, to start with, maybe you could just first tell us a little bit about your personal. Stories of how you became TikTok creators.、Uh, Wisdom. Why don't we start with you? Oh, sure. It really happened during college.、Uh, I was just going to school, and then、uh, kind of right when COVID hit, our school sent everybody back home, and we had all this time on our hands. And I just decided to, you know, finally get on the app. I, I didn't really know much about it, but my friends were like, "Oh, you should make fashion videos because you, you know your style, whatever." So I was like, "Okay."、And、then it kind of all just took off from there. And what happened? Like when you say took off. <laughs> I mean, I think how many followers do you have? I'm TikTok maybe like eight million. I think eight million followers, right? Yeah, just like just happened like that. And that's tell us more detail. Like, what was it that really created such a following?、Uh, to be honest, I think it was like, and I still do this till today as like kind of like a, a thing I do whenever I like think about content. I kind of was taking a lot of the trends that were mainly dance oriented, a lot of the sounds that were being used, and just sort of like fixing them into fashion in some way, shape, or form. I think like the first ever trend I did was like to this one、uh, Megan Thee Stallion song. It was like Savage by Megan Thee Stallion, and like obviously there's a dance for that that people were doing that was really popular at the time. But I just sort of like turned that into like a fashion thing, and that was like my first ever thing I did that was blowing up. So it was within like four to five months of just kind of doing that and then coming up with my own creative stuff, I and mean, then just sort of like just taking things and. Sort of shifting it and doing it differently, and then it just kind of people were really into that. Okay, Nick, you also have your own TikTok Genesis story. Do you want to share it with us? So it's a similar story. It's in college too, with the pandemic. I just moved to Germany, so I didn't know a lot of people there. I was studying computer science, and then the pandemic hit, and I had nothing to do. I didn't know anyone. I had no way of connecting. And TikTok was like the newest thing at the time, especially with Gen Z. So I was like, I have all of this time on my hands. What do I do? So I downloaded the app and I started posting videos. And I didn't really take it too seriously at the start. But I really quickly saw a very positive feedback, and since I had so much time on my hands, I just decided to keep going with it. And now I'm sitting here. Somehow、uh, I have 18 million followers on TikTok. I'm not really sure how that happened, but I'm very grateful for it, of course. And it all started back there in college. What was your moment where it kind of flipped? So at one point, I realized that the Views I was making were incredibly high for someone who's a nobody. You know, I, I was getting the same amount of views that celebrities were getting on like their social media posts, and I was like a college student. And that's when I decided to at least part time take TikTok very seriously. I started posting regularly, one to three times a day, and just started really committing myself to it. And I immediately saw how positively it affected my account. And as my community was growing, the engagement was great. The feedback was really, really good.、Um, I realized that this could be a genuine like career opportunity. Wow. Okay. So, quick audience question: How many of you in the room have a TikTok account? Okay, pretty significant. How many of you in the room actually create TikToks and don't just lurk on other people's videos? <laughs> Okay, so very few people in this room are actually creating their own content. But 
Also, many people in this room are working in the fashion industry and looking to understand, you know, what does it take to be successful on TikTok? And, you know, based on your experiences, maybe Nick, uh, you know, I'll let you go first this time. What does it take to get that virality or that engagement that, you know, you and Wisdom both seem to have found a way of doing? So I think everyone in this room is like more familiar with Instagram because it's been around for longer. It's been a pretty integral part of the fashion industry. And as with Instagram, there's a large focus on being persistent, regularly posting, being unique and engaging. However, I feel like what defines TikTok is the requirement for authenticity and really showing who you are as a person and providing your own long form of content because on Instagram where you were just posting pictures, it was just looking good in a nice outfit at a nice event. And now it's more about the behind the scenes of it too, why you are there, what has brought you there, uh, what the event is really about. And because of that, you have to remain authentic the entire time make sure you're constantly providing like the same type of content that your followers expect and finding a way to take current trends and still bring them to your followers in an engaging way, but in an authentic way that they are used to. Yeah. It also seems to me like, because I've been lurking on both of your videos a bit in preparation for this talk, it seems like you get known for something. Wisdom, would, would you agree with that? Like, there's these different, like, styles or yeah. approaches that people seem to have. There's definitely a lot of like different niches and subcategories amongst TikTok where people kind of find themselves uh, as in any part of the internet. You know, you have different like subcategories and genres and communities that grow and build. And it is like that on TikTok. I mean, no two people's for you page. I mean, sometimes, but are really ever the same. You know, you're scrolling, you see different things and you're like, you know, I never saw that. And so, I mean, for me, I, I didn't really realize it until much later, but I was really like one of the first people that was doing men's fashion on there. Like, I, I didn't realize until much later that it was like really me and maybe two other dudes on there um, really doing that. And so that was, you know, obviously a catalyst in, in getting me to, you know, where I am today. But then, of course, what it really was and what got me to where I was, again, was just like making that content and like really putting the quality first and, and trying to do things differently. And that's the number one piece of advice I always give people is that like, if you're going to get on somewhere and do what other people are doing, you got to do it differently. And that's the key to really getting yourself to grow or to become successful off of it. Because, I mean, somebody's already doing what you want to do. It's like, what's going to make them choose you over the other person or the people who are already doing it? You got to have something unique. And like Nick said as well, I mean, being authentic is also very important. I mean, if you are authentic, considering everybody is different, then that could also work for you as well. So at some point in both of your trajectories, to this becoming, is it full time for both of you now, pretty much? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and you both have agents, by the way, as well. So like, this is like a real thing. When did you start working with fashion brands? And you know, what do you look for when, you know, say Prada or Gucci or Valentino or a brand reach out to you? What does it take to work with them? What, what are the kinds of things you like doing with brands? What are the things that don't work for you? One thing that's important is I think that brands should have a good sense of when they are reaching out to a creator is that like, Essentially, you're hiring, you know, a cameraman, a stylist, a model, and everything. Like, cause, like, we make the content ourselves, right? So we're covering every single aspect of that as opposed to you hire a production company and you do hire these individuals. If you're going to just a creator, you can mind you're hiring someone who's doing all these things for you and is capable of executing all those different departments. And so I think uh, that's one of the most important things that I think brands should know. And that's kind of, you know, an important thing as a creator as well to be able to do. Because, I mean, you know, when a brand wants you to make something for them where it's advertisement, you know, highlighting something, you know, you should always strive to, you know, do it in the best way possible. It does get them to want to work with you again and things like that. And it's just being able to sort of execute all those different things pretty well. 
Nick, what would you add? For me, the most important thing is creative freedom. And to understand what I mean by that, I'm going to take it one step back and talk about how TikTok is a very algorithm-based social media platform. Because of the, uh, the algorithm, and if you produce content that's like not your regular content, something that's obviously very forced, unauthentic, you're being paid to do it, then the algorithm plays it out in a way that's very expected. For me, I have like 18 million followers. If I post something that's obviously a brand deal, I've obviously been paid to post it and I've followed a very set briefing, I'd be happy if I get like 200,000 views on that, you know? Whereas my regular videos would maybe be getting one to three million. And the reason is because by following a set briefing, you take out the authenticity, you take out what your followers expect, which leaves them unable to engage with your content and the algorithm definitely sees that and doesn't play out the video the way it should be played out. So when a brand approaches me, my very first question is, how free am I in the creative aspect of this video? How can I take your briefing? I, I know the goal of the brand is maybe to start a trend. It's a campaign. The goal is to sell, to bring awareness. How can I take your goals and integrate them into what my followers, my community expect from me without losing their interest in this topic? Because once the interest has been lost, I feel like the influencer activation has been unsuccessful for both the influencer and the brand itself. One of the things that brands in our industry had to get used to in the early days, even with Web 2.0 and you know, blogs and Instagram and social media and whatnot, was the lack of being able to control everything. And that's a theme that's come up over and over again today, which is like we're living in a world now where the control is really moving you know, in some cases to the hands of people with massive followings like yours, but also into the hands of customers. I mean, Wisdom, is there a particular campaign that you've worked on with a brand that kind of fits with some of the characteristics that Nick was just mentioning, which is like they gave you a brief, you were free to do what you wanted and it had a big outcome? Yeah, so there's been a few of those. Unfortunately, not the majority, but there have been a few. So usually it's, it's really hard for me to sort of tell you which one is better than the other because a lot of time when a brand does give you creative freedom, I mean, you're just so grateful for that anyways. And it does, it, it's always going to yield the best results. I mean, if you're going to go to a creator, I mean, you have to be going to them because of what they do. You know, if you just want a, a general whatever, if you're going to be like, do this, that, and the third, just hire a production company. Get somebody over there to do it for you. You know, get, get Steven Spielberg to direct your ad. Like, don't. Because we offer you something different and you unique on a platform that does generally need someone that has an understanding to get it to work. So any moment where it's like, we want you to do your thing because we trust you, it's always going to be A, the most successful and the most fun for me too as well. Um, so just those in general, like, like Nick said, I mean. What would I'll you add, Nick? So likewise, I share the same opinion. I think a lot of creators do. If your goal is just to reach um, X amount of people, you would be better off posting a video that a production company made and then paying for ads on the video to have it shown to a lot of viewers. The advantage to paying a creator or approaching a creator is that they have a certain level of trust with their followers and with their community. And because of that, you want to let them use their trust to achieve your goals. For me, one brand deal comes to mind. It was the Boss brand deal in Dubai this February. I think some of you, a lot of you might have seen it. I mean, I think everybody saw Everyone it. Saw who who it? saw that Boss campaign? It was insane. It was like every single creator slash influencer on the internet. We literally were both there in the desert. And you were both yeah. there. There in the desert. So why, was that, why is that an example of something good? So when they approached me, there was no briefing for the TikTok at all. They were like, yeah, we would like you to do one TikTok. Of course, they paid for the one TikTok. But when it finally came down to the production, I had a lot of freedom in how I want to present 
these two or three days in the desert in Dubai with Boss. I did it as a, as a vlog experience because a lot of my videos are, as I said before, like talking based, trying to bring my community and my following with me. Um, and I showed how it was from start to finish, how we ended up flying into Dubai, driving out into the middle of the desert, and then basically walking a fashion show in the middle of the desert on a huge stage with like a production crew of like a hundred people. And it was really, really crazy. So I shared the experience of this show in that way where other creators, I think Wisdom, you, you did a video where you were surfing on sand dunes and boss clothes, was that it? I was, I was falling over on the sand. Falling <laughs> over. So, I gave it my best shot, I did, I tried. <laughs> but every creator who was there had the opportunity to share their experience in how they felt was the best way to do it. And I feel like the real community engagement was very visible. So normally like uh, when it comes to analytics on a post, you have your likes, your shares, your comments. And I feel like they're not really good indicators of whether you're successfully engaging with your community. There's no real like key indicator of like community success or, or whether you've successfully built a community because you could have a bunch of comments that are just commenting heart eyes emojis, you know? Like have you really reached the viewer and, and have, have, they, have you really brought value to them? So for me in Dubai, I had a lot of comments. Wow, this is amazing. Boss is so cool. I love what they're doing. Like, uh, I can't wait for what, what they're doing next. And that to me is like when you've really reached the viewers, you've really engaged them for the brand. And to me, that was like one, one of the most successful brand deals I did just because even though I think it has right now like 1.2 million views, that's not in terms of views or like likes the best brand deal I have by far, but it's one of the, the brand deals where I felt I really achieved the goal of the brand deal in the first place. So that's my best example. So last question. You know, when we announced this panel on our Instagram, I don't know if you saw the comments I saw underneath. The comments. Did you see that? I saw the comments. So we have an engaged community. They were commenting. But a lot of the comments were like, why are you using the word talent? Tell us why it does take talent to be a creator. I mean, Wisdom, you said, you know, I'm the cameraman, I'm the producer, I'm the... But being able to do all of those things, that's obviously, that takes talent, right? I mean, yeah, it's really not easy. I mean, some of my favorite videos I got to work on for days at the end of the day. And um, just to produce 15 to 30 seconds of something. But that's also part of where the talent comes in because I'm still able to produce something that's high quality, something that's engaging. I mean, I've only really been doing this for about two years, but... I've still been able to keep my audience and everybody engaged and entertained for two years because I've kept up the same like worth ethic this whole entire time of like always striving to produce something that's quality and something that's great. And so like that, I mean, obviously, I, I don't know, maybe some of y'all will disagree with me, but I think that takes a little bit of, you know, talent to be able to, you know, be doing that for so long and to manage all those things. I mean, I'm in my room sweating. I look ridiculous whenever I'm making videos. It's crazy. But obviously it, it takes a lot of hard work, it takes a lot of time to be able to do all those things. And um, I genuinely think that... Um, for that, yeah. So like Liz said earlier, obviously we are the stylist, the hairstylist, the cameraman, the editor, we're everything in one. Um, that by itself already says quite a lot about like the amount of time investment that goes into like one TikTok. So those are a lot of different talents, which there are people whose regular jobs are your hairstylist, your stylist, and we're trying to do that all at the same time. On the other side, I feel like there's a lot of talent in the creative aspect of TikTok. There's very high pressure for us to regularly deliver very creative, unique content. And being able to come up with ideas, take current trends and adapt them to what our community wants from us is very challenging. And I feel like it's a talent in of itself to remain creative constantly and constantly try to adapt with the way TikTok or social media trends are changing and try to integrate ourselves into these trends. Yeah. 
Well, I don't know about you, but many of you aren't creating videos because it's hard to create a TikTok, and you know it actually takes a certain level of talent to make it work. And you've clearly both been very successful at it. So I'm really grateful that you shared some of your experiences and insights with us today. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you feel like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things you love are checked by experts. And not just any experts, specialised experts. Real people who love this stuff with real, hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Have you ever owned something that inspired you to up your game? For me, I got a chef-grade range recently, and now I'm cooking new things every single night. Seriously, no cuisine is off-limits. The point is, when we own exceptional things, they inspire us to do exceptional things. The all-new Lexus GX has an exceptional capability that will have you seeing possibilities you never knew existed. Its advanced technology and luxurious interior mean that wherever you go, you'll never go without. I can picture myself with a car full of groceries, cruising down the highway, soaking up the sun with the available dynamic sky panorama glass roof. Ah, pure bliss. Live up to the all-new Lexus GX. Luxury beyond limits. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. So how can fashion brands credibly and effectively engage with creators like Nick and Wisdom? And what does a successful campaign look like? Next up on this week's episode of the BOF Podcast, Christopher Bug, Group Communications Director of Product Group, and Pranav Mandavia, a talent agent from United Talent Agency, who manages Nick, 
discuss the critical elements of a compelling TikTok strategy with BOF Senior Editorial Associate, Alexandra Mondelec. I am very excited to talk about TikTok, something hopefully the audience is more familiar with. And we've spent a lot of the morning discussing all of these interesting technologies and convincing people to adopt them. But I find I have the opposite problem. Me and all my friends spend too much time on TikTok. So um, I would love to hear a little bit. I guess, Chris, we can start with you. You are at Prada Group now. And you have a really interesting story to me. We were talking backstage about your time when you were at Calvin Klein and how you had started the hashtag MyCalvin's thing when you were convincing brands to be part of Instagram. And now we fast forwarded and we're seeing the same story sort of unfold with TikTok. Yes. Walk me through how TikTok fits into Prada's overall marketing strategy. What was the early conversations like? Yes. So, I mean, I think with any brand, you're thinking about what are the modern channels where people are, because I think there were there was a time, for instance, even with Instagram, with even e-commerce going, going way back, people are like, ah, oh, that's not luxury, we shouldn't be there, all of that. But if you're a bit more forward thinking, when the time is right, you invest in the channel. And I think something in my past, I was part of the team that, that worked on my Calvins, and there was some lessons there that then we applied also to the Prada. And I think kind of where it started was we had Charlie D'Amelio at the show, 2019, right before the pandemic. And of course you have actors, actresses, all of kind of more traditional forms of celebrity. I will tell you the models <laughs> were way more interested in meeting Charlie D'Amelio. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, so this As was- As they should. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Oh, you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She's a UTA <laughs> So it was like, aha, so it's a modern form of celebrities. So just like you work with somebody for fragrance ad, you work with somebody for TikTok, all of this. So it kind of started there. And then we started to dabble in TikTok in terms of media spend, uh, creator activations. And then finally we felt we were ready to do a challenge basically, mm -hmm. so. And Pranav, can you tell me from your point of view, how does UTA think about signing TikTok talent? And yeah. um, what, is it, what are the things that you're looking for? Is it just about um, how many followers somebody has on, on TikTok or is it about something more? I wish there was a science, but honestly, they give us great autonomy. So we look for, you know, the buzzword at UTA is multi-hyphenates. So yeah, it's, it might be easy to create a piece of content that goes viral and continue to do so, but what can you do to go off the platform? And do you want to act? Do you want to write a book? Do you want to start a podcast? Do you want to screenwrite? Whatever, right? So we're looking for those kind of unique voices multi-hyphenates, we call them. <laughs> but there's no science. But we do look at followership, engagement, all that. Mm -hmm. And in an ideal world, of course, you know, if a brand is launching a new TikTok campaign, they have the signed talent who's maybe working with them, in the case of the D'Amelios, and then hopefully it catches fire and it spreads something ah. like the Prada Bucket Challenge. Yeah. Yes. Tell the audience what that was. And, and ah, so the point is with these challenges or anything that you want to have a big reach is you have to have critical mass. So meaning is not like, ah, something strange, like means you have to have a media budget, you have to have many creators, and then you have to have, most importantly, a good idea. Mm -hmm. So actually... <laughs> That's the easy part, right? <laughs> so now, because we thought a lot about, now, of course, it was not the Prada pants challenge that would be so interesting, <laughs> like, show us how you wear your pants, but, but it was more, ah, the bucket was, was kind of 
iconic, resonated with audience, and then we actually thought, we did it internally, so I'm talking here myself, but the team did it actually, so thank you if you're watching in Milan. So basically was, you put the hat on, then changes your mood, and then also another important component, which we worked directly with TikTok on, which was great, is that the music, mm -hmm. the drop, so it was a whole thing, the music, and then of course, if you're communications, you're like, oh, but that music is very expensive. <laughs> so, so, you know, we found kind of old track that was on something else that we owned, and then we used it, but it took four months to mm. plan the whole thing, basically, mm -hmm. with over 54 creators in many different countries, a substantial media budget amplified, and ended in 9.6 billion mm -hmm. views. Basic. Were views the, the primary metric that you were measuring the success ah. from, or were people buying more bucket hats? Because I ah. have to wonder if, if that was part of the strategy, making maybe a perhaps more accessible, excessively priced product in the, in the Prada portfolio. No, it, it was actually. So, well, maybe I make ourselves sound more smart, but, but, <laughs> <laughs> but at first we were looking for a good idea. So that's kind of where it started. And then obviously bucket hats are core to Prada and it was was made sense in terms of the action and all of this. And then we view TikTok primarily as upper funnel channels. So it's not a kind of conversion based channel, let's say so, but is no coincidence that in Q3, the bucket hat moved to the number two most desired product on list. It made me almost buy one. Yes, yeah, like, nah. <laughs> but then I was like, I don't look me good too. in a bucket Actually, hat. Actually, I hate hats, but even I got a couple bucket yeah. hats. <laughs> right, right. In front of, can you tell me a little bit about when you're pairing talent with a luxury brand, mm -hmm. what are some of the things that you guys are looking for at UTA to help it make sense or, or to make it more likely to resonate with viewers? I mean, listen, every client of mine across the agency, they're like, we want to work with, you know, a luxury brand. That's always like the pie in the sky goal. But sometimes you got to work your way up to that level. So we're very kind of pragmatic with what brands we connect and, you know, do these partnerships with. Is it going to move the needle? Like if Nick, for example, right, I represent Nick who just spoke, you know, if he wants to grow his audience in a certain country or like a demographic, right, we're kind of strategic with what brand partnerships we do and activate on his social media mm -hmm. to help move the needle with whatever goal, because every client has their own goal. Do, do conflicts ever arise or sort of competitors, competing brands sort of like bidding or buying for the I mean, same talent? The Can you tell us all of the gossip? Yeah, I mean, exclusivity <laughs> terms are basically the main thing that we negotiate every day. Yes, so, I know. Yeah. <laughs> The brands want the brands want to lock the talent in for like five years, and I'm like, no, three days. Mm -hmm. So, so Chris, to that point, what what would be fair? Do you think for for the brand side? I don't know if you want to. Ah, yes, no. He's like forever. We want them forever. <laughs> forever and for no money. Yeah. <laughs> money Not doesn't matter. Work. Remember. And that's why talent have agents. That's why they have agents. <laughs> yes. No, no. Yeah. So, no, but of course, you know, if everybody's doing everything, then. Or you pick maybe key talent, mm -hmm. creators, wherever, that is kind of becomes more of a face of the brand. So, but there's many different levels, let's say. So it's also a matter of 
also the talent. And the thing with talent is it's a mutual exchange. So it's not like it's about money, of course, but it's more also about do we believe in them? Do they like us? All of this. And then something kind of organically usually grows is mm-hmm. the point. So. And typically these partnerships start with, you know, Prada inviting Nick to a show in Europe, dressing him, mm-hmm. you know, starts kind of pro bono. And then we work our way up to a larger partnership. Yes, exactly. And I've heard from talent as well. You know, they really, especially those who are genuinely interested in fashion or whatever the sector they're genuinely interested in, they want to feel like they have some buy-in with the brand. So whether that means, you know, meeting Mrs. Prada or mm-hmm. or Raph or whoever the person is or something to kind of really feel like they understand and they're part of the process. They're not somebody who's just contractually obligated to be there, right? Yes, yes. Yeah, I think we're always looking for, you know, one-off social posts and hashtag ad. Everyone does that. We don't really like to just do those. You know, it it is our bread and butter, but we are looking for those larger multi-month partnerships. Yes, and vice versa. Because I think if your brand values is like marketing word, but is (laughs) is something that is interesting for both parties. If it's we believe in each other and there's alignment, then of course we look at longer term partnership Mm -hmm. is the point. I want to drill in a little bit more to the technology part of Ah, of TikTok. And so how does Prada think about social commerce opportunities? So for for those of uh, you in the audience or watching at home who don't know, the ability to purchase directly through Prada rather than just to learn about the bucket hat and then leave the platform and go purchase somewhere else. Maybe you could talk a little bit about how Prada thinks about that. Yes, yes. So there's two things basically, and we've seen these lessons from Instagram. So because TikTok is launching beta, I think in the US, buy directly through TikTok, which is, I don't know, some sort of wholesale, not wholesale model, but concession really. Oh, we've seen, maybe people don't do this, but then you get into question of attribution. So basically we know consumer behavior is like a bowl of spaghetti. They go here, there, there, then (laughs) maybe they search it and then maybe they convert. So is an attribution window. So What you can see publicly, now we have our own attribution model, which is our own trade kind of thing that that we do, but you can see it publicly that things like the bucket hat challenge really worked from a sales perspective. I mean, they're flying off the shelves, top of the list index. Now, the path that the consumer took from seeing it on TikTok to buying it either in the store or on the website, this is what you have to kind of unravel. This is when you get into attribution modeling. And there's a little piece of code that you can put on a brand's website called the Pixel. And what that does is tell the brand or marketers when people are coming from TikTok or whatever platform the Pixel is meant to to indicate. Yes, yes. Uh, So does does Prada have like a a TikTok Pixel? Pixel? Absolutely. the pixel is, is interesting because usually you choose attribution windows. So after they were saw the ad within 30 days post view or th- 14 days post click, you choose your attribution window basically. And then if we can track that they purchase, now there's GDRP, many different complex <laughs> things. But, but basically you can kind of say, okay, well, they saw the ad and somehow after a certain amount of time, they bought it. But these are, this is kind of not new model with something we do with Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, all of that. But I think what's really interesting for brands is to see more the path that they take between when they saw that and when they bought it. And this is something that is kind of the most important thing, the thing that all brands want to know. Mm-hmm. And I think on the talent side, you know, we really don't know. After a deal is done, we don't know if Nick's content is actually 
adding to the sales, but what we can do on the back end is see how many people are clicking the stickers on his Instagram stories, or how many people are swiping up when that was a thing. Are those part of the, the mm -hmm. contracts with brands to maybe share those metrics, or is it sort of like a goodwill thing because you want to work with the brand again in the future maybe? No, typically it's in a contract that within 48 hours you um, share those screenshots, mm -hmm. yeah. Are there any other components within the brand talent contracts related to TikTok content or campaigns that surprises you or surprises maybe the brands that you work with? Just the amount of usage that they want, mm -hmm. which I'm very protective over. I feel like brands should be paying talent to create and produce that piece of content, but then that fee should not include usage. Usage mm -hmm. should be on top of that. Mm -hmm. Because if we're looking at it at the talent's perspective, if he's working with Prada, right? But then you're, he posts today, but then you have usage for six months, his face is now being blasted out on the internet with Prada's namesake attached to the talent, and that will now take him out of the category to work with other brands. Mm. So I think that's always a really interesting part of our negotiations. Which is also, I mean, the thing is, is it's not so different from traditional media, these mm -hmm. kind of deals that we do in yeah. terms of usage, where, what country, where is it? So yeah. it's not such like a mystery, basically. Mm -hmm. So for us, it's a matter of negotiation, and we decide. I feel like we're having a kumbaya moment here. I'm like, yeah, bringing two sides together. <laughs> um, You'll be nice to us next I time. I will, I will. <laughs> <laughs> Look at what we've accomplished today. Chris, one more question before, before we end here. I want to ask you, how has Prada's strategy to TikTok evolved since you've been there? Well, you know, when I got there, it was kind of new. And well, it's not new, but, you know, as communications, there was oh, something else. What I've learned over years is... <sighs> You have to be brave. That doesn't mean not planning and all of that, but if you wait, 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 then all of a sudden you're so late, it's not right. So we started with something you know, that was comfortable and then we evolved and then we did something big. And so now it's, let's say, is a critical part of our strategy because mm. that's where people are. So we as a brand have to embrace the modern channels and that's what we do. Thank you so much, both of you, for of being here today and thank you for watching. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> the BOF podcast is edited and produced by Emma Clark, Kate Vartan, and Eric Bria in the BOF studio team. You can join BOF Professional today with an exclusive 25% discount on an annual membership covering key industry topics from sustainability to technology to marketing with access to our case studies, live events, and iOS app. To get this special offer and benefit from 25% off of a membership, head to the link in the episode show notes or enter the coupon code DEBRIEF at checkout. Visit businessoffashion.com slash memberships. You know that's the sound of another sale on your online Shopify store. But did you know Shopify powers selling in person, too? That's right. Shopify is the sound of selling everywhere. Online, in-store, on social media, and beyond. <coughs> Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. 
Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash BOF, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash BOF to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash BOF. Have you ever owned something that inspired you to up your game? For me, I got a chef grade range recently, and now I'm cooking new things every single night. Seriously, no cuisine is off limits. The point is, when we own exceptional things, they inspire us to do exceptional things. The all-new Lexus GX has an exceptional capability that will have you seeing possibilities you never knew existed. Its advanced technology and luxurious interior mean that wherever you go, you'll never go without. I can picture myself with a car full of groceries, cruising down the highway, soaking up the sun with the available dynamic sky panorama glass roof. Ah, pure bliss. Live up to the all-new Lexus GX. Luxury beyond limits. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. <laughs> 